Hello, Mr. Kimball. Hello. Are we on? Do you hear me? Yes. I've actually just been talking away and then I realized you unmuted me. <laughs> Gosh darn. I, was, I just went and I got a couple of scoops of ice cream, which I finished, and I lost track of time and... Uh, I figured what's okay, there'll be intro music and that'll give me some more time. And uh, anyway, it's great to be back with this is the Andy and Mandy show. I'm Andy uh, and versus uh, not being Andy and um, <laughs> on the other <laughs> I'm Andy Kimball in the, in, in the UK and that's a man of love over there in California. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you bet. <laughs> so it's always great to be back. It is great to be back on the show again and we got us, everything's working okay. We've had some technical glitches here and there. And um, I'm in our alternative studio today because I'm still having issues with, with the studio that we were uh, on the main board and everything I was using on, uh, what day was that? What's today, Wednesday? On Monday. On Monday. Uh, so much yeah. so much to talk about and cover today, and we'll have a fun time doing it. Um, oh, yeah. There's all sorts of uh, things going on in the world. and Commentators say all sorts of crazy, ludicrous things on the on what might be perceived to be the other side of where we kind of come from, but we don't believe in sides, right? Versus left. If we're all humans, we all live on the same planet. We're all the same species. And some people say, "Oh, those on the left and those on the right." I think that's where that's where problems begin. You know, when you start saying oh, left versus right, those on the left, those on the right. We, you, know, you talk, you have intelligent, well thought out conversations and exchange ideas and that's how you facilitate change and that's how things happen and you talk about opinions, you lay out scenarios, you compare and contrast how things would be under certain situations and, and talk about them and you say, yeah, you know, you got a point there or maybe if we did this or maybe, oh, that's right, you know, you never know. Yeah. You know, we, um, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I heard somebody this morning on a on a talk show just browsing through and uh, heard a guy named Dennis, Dennis Prager who I like, as a, as a, he's, a, he's a good guy, he's got some very... He's a conservative talk show host here in the United States, and um, he's got some very, I'll just come out and say it, very warped ideas about society and who we are and how we live and uh, and don't go to college and your kids will, might become, uh, um, uh, you know, gay or, 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 or change their identity or, you know, college is a waste and it's a ripoff and never go to school unless, you know, uh, also the, heard him say this morning that, that uh, with, without God, life is chaos, a secular, secular cultures. Meaning a life without that, you, you don't have a, a God type of thing in your upbringing or your life or where you live. You know, you live and conduct yourselves in society without the, you know, with the, within your head, the, the fact that there is no God. And he says, well, those who, you know, without God, that's what's happening to society. And it's a secular society we're starting to live in. We, with no God, there's chaos. God is order. Without God, there's chaos. So I'm like, I've never had God in my life. And I think we live very orderly here. I don't know what the hell. What the hell, you know? Crazy, you know, yeah, and he's on the radio. This guy makes, I don't know if he makes a lot of money, but he gets, makes money, uh, probably a lot of money. But um, and he's got this bogus university called Prager University, all these YouTube videos or something where he talks, or he, they, they spew um, and um, pontificate all these right-wing uh, conservative extremist kind of thoughts and ideologies to people who right. care to pay attention to them. But, you know, um, anyway, okay. anyway, that's, that's all I have to say about my and I, and I, by the way you would think you would think I would think this this guy who I'm talking about Dennis Prager is actually a really good guy even though I completely disagree with every any I think he goes through life with blinders on that's his issue but um, okay. but he's but he's a really good guy he truly truly oh. is so yeah so yeah. you know take that for what it's, yeah. what it's worth I think sometimes you know it's so easy to judge somebody's character based on their opinion which is I agree. not 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 a good thing to do no and. I mean, um, 
you know, I agree. We're not all going to agree. Well, yeah. yeah, it's true. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Um, Thanks. You know, uh, <laughs> I put a question out there. I put a question out there. Um, mm. When did I put this question out there? What was the week? I forget. Last week. I, I forget. We, didn't we skip some shows last week, I think, didn't we? Uh, yes, last week. Yes, yes. I was I was poorly with um, the whole coughing virus, and um, yeah, it was a crazy time. And yes, now we're back. Second episode this week. Mm. Yeah. Do you hear about Looking that? Good. Do you hear about that pastor that got fired for uh, mentioning uh, for that that Trump was uh, uh, how how society put a liar and and a deceiver in, in the office, and he's throwing a sermon and he got fired from his church what yeah let, let's take a listen to this listen to this okay at the Stewart's draft baptist church in virginia shenandoah valley good morning everyone it's good to see you all here and worship together this sunday service is led by a pastor who took the place of this pastor i don't want to start controversy Apparently, God does. And I'm just a messenger. Taking his place after this outdoor sermon during the worst of the COVID pandemic, just a few months before the 2020 presidential election. Why will we not finally admit that we have put a liar in our White House? Why will we not finally admit that that is Antichrist? And William Cobb, who had been the spiritual leader of this evangelical Southern Baptist Church for 14 years, wasn't anywhere near done talking about then-President Donald Trump. 18,000 fact-checked lives in 1,100 days is more than just unacceptable. It is more than just sin. It is more than just wrong. It is demonic. And then Cobb added this. And you can't deny it. Because Jesus says it. And if you choose to deny that, then you choose to deny Jesus. You can't have it both ways. You can't support the law and claim the truth. You can't support the Antichrist and support the Christ. This is William Cop and his wife Carol today. After you made... Anyway. Wait a minute. Hang on, did I hear that right? It, it, was he talking about Trump being the Antichrist or, yeah, yeah. or Biden? Well, not, not, no, just, just on how, not being the Antichrist, but, right. but in the philosophy of, you know, uh, people, you know, praising God and Christ and all things good and so forth, and then turn around and put Trump in the White House. Right, I see, okay, okay. Yeah, I yeah. Get it. Okay. So that's kind of interesting. Another thing I want to play here is I was talking to her. I put a question out uh, as to what, why, you know, I've got nothing against the GOP as in the platform. As a matter of fact, I've, you know, told you I'm, I'm independent. I sort of supported Republicans. I support Democrats. Probably lean more towards Democrats. I mean, that's just the way it is. It's the way my, mm. my life is and my thinking is. But I've supported Republicans based on who they are as people and what their, and their integrity and what they mean and what they could bring to the table and what they can bring to other people's lives, whether they're Republican or Democrat, right? But, but my yeah. question is, what, what, what is, because there's so much chaos going on within the Republican Party right now and, and, you know, and, and the countdown to Trump's indictment, which I want to talk about in a couple of minutes, and some of the things that came out regarding some text messages that were that were sent uh, before Biden's uh, inauguration, which I want to get to. But anyway, uh, so what is the uh, question? Is what is the 
What, what is the attraction to the GOP? What, you know, now, as it stands now, you know? Mm. So let's, let's, let's take a listen. That's a stu- maybe, on second thought, maybe not. Anyway, what? as... <laughs> I thought I'd walked into a time warp. <laughs> oh my oh. Yeah, uh, It happens. But it happens. Yeah, I, I did put I did put that um, that question out, and I've got a, I got some good answers out here. You know, I got some answers. But um, where are where are the answers? Answers to my question. Somebody, somebody from somewhere, give me the answers. To, I think I got it. I think I got it. You got it. I think I do. Oh, I, you know what? Uh, do you remember? Do you remember? Um, um, not Godspell. That was a great play. Do you remember um, High School Musical? How can I come up with High School Musical and say Godspell? Do you, do you, cool. Do you, do you, um, the movies, not the TV series. Uh, yeah, the High School. Movies. Yeah, remember that? Which, uh, with, uh, with, of uh, with course. Troy, Troy Brooklyn. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Fabulous, and and all the oh, songs yeah. and remember, remember Troy, Troy Bolton. Wasn't that fun? Weren't they fun? Yes. Well, I love it's, um, weren't they good? Yeah, I remember because my kids were. I guess it was years ago when they came out, but they were. You know, it was, I enjoyed them too. I mean, this is an adult. I thought they were yeah. kind of fun, fun. Um, they were kind of like a modern day uh, Greece for for the younger generation, weren't they? Really? Yeah, yeah, they really were. Yeah, they really were. But anyway, uh, do you remember the? Um, do you remember the actress who played? What was her name in the movie? What was her name? Um, Troy Bolton's girlfriend. Tro- ding, ding, oh ding, ding. yeah, uh, um, I know Vanessa Hudgens. Yeah, but what was her name in, in High School Musical? Do you remember? Oh, uh, Gabriella. Yes. Oh my God. Good for you. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, oh, she's exciting. awesome. Wow. Hmm. Um, it's, she does great things. Yeah, she's, she's a very talented um, singer. And yes, a, she is. And an actress as well. Well, it's her birthday today. Is it? It's her birthday. It's a, happy so birthday, I figured, Vanessa. Happy birthday, And so this is, uh, I figured we would, uh, to pay tribute to Vanessa Hudgens, I mean, have we ever done that before on this show? No, but it is her birthday no. today, and she is very talented, and she's got a great song called uh, Sneaker Night, and I thought in tribute to her and, and a happy birthday and wishing her warm wishes from here uh, on Coast to Coast, the Andy Demander. So we would play a Vanessa Hudson's song, and then I actually did reach out, and we're going to, uh, to see if we can get her on the show. Obviously not today, but we'll see if we can work on that. She's here in California, and um, we'll work on that. But let's do a... That would and be we have to tell magical. Her, yeah, because we got to tell her that you listen. You got to come on the show because look, we did a birthday tribute to you, and that you got to come on. How can you not come on the show? Yeah, so, and Aunt Gabriella, Troy Bolton's girlfriend, to come on our show. It'd be so much fun. So let's hear the song, <laughs> <laughs> Vanessa Hudgens. The song's called Sneaker Night. Yeah. 
dance okay. Basically what we're gonna do oh, is dance. dance Yeah, that's right, it's sneaker night what? Birthday to you, girl. That is a, a cracking song. Absolutely love it. Yeah, kind of cool. Yeah, kind of cool. Oh yeah, I just got literally just got on Spotify and added that to one of my playlists. Oh nice. So good. Yeah. Nice. I'm glad you did yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And hopefully our <laughs> listeners did the same. You know, wishing Vanessa happy birthday. Yes. So anyway, uh, it's it's um, her birthday today. I know some other musicians whose birthday today, but I think everybody would know who Vanessa Hudgens would be. Um, it's um oh she's so cool the, i mean remember, yeah yeah she, she's a cool she's really cool and, and yeah. she's done some you know things that were questionable in her uh, way back when she took some there was some help pictures of her inappropriately clothed shall we say <laughs> that, that leaked yeah. and that, that was kind of cool i remember that and uh, <laughs> but anyway you know just uh, how they do that with a lot of female celebrities though you know it's kind of like why not target them? them yeah why yeah not, you know, exactly why not? Exactly. You know what I mean? Mm. Uh, I'm I'm still waiting for that picture of me in the mankini. To, you know. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we all are. Uh, are we though? Are we though? Um, it's also uh, I don't know if you remember the band um, Marilyn Mace, uh, Manson. Yeah, Marilyn Manson. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tim uh, Scholes, who's um, part of that band's birthday today. Uh, Beth uh, Orton, who's uh, she's a um, singer songwriter from your. Part of the world. Yes, Beth Orton, legend. Okay, who it's else? Her birth- birthday as uh, Sophie uh, Sophie Monk. Monk. <gasps> okay. Uh, right. Uh, you know, pop stars. You know, she was um, pretty popular. Uh, Australian yeah. number one single, Poison. Uh, Alex uh, Gaskart, who's uh, also uh, from your side of the world. I think he's a guitarist uh, from the band All Time Low. Um, yeah. they, they had an album that peaked at number one on the UK chart and number two in the US chart. And of yeah. course, um, Vanessa Hutchins, of course, of course. Oh, well, happy birthday um, to everybody. That is just fantastic. Hope they're having an amazing day or night or wherever they are in the world. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. Mm. So those are birthdays that are today in the music world. And uh, we could have picked any profession, but today we pick music. Why not? We're both musicians. Yeah. What the hell, right? Uh, oh, music, yes. <laughs> don't we? I uh, yes. talked. I think I found the right clip here. Uh, when I, cause I, I want to get, I, I put that question uh, out and uh, got several answers. And here's, um, oh, is this one of them? Oh, wait a minute. I may hit the wrong one. Having spent most of my life as a very staunch conservative, I feel like I can answer this one pretty well. It's fear. I used to listen to Hannity and Bortz and Rush and all those people, and it was just, they peddled fear. It was fear of anything that challenged your worldview. It was fear of people that don't look like you, that don't believe like you, that don't act like you. They hide behind the Second Amendment and consider themselves strong because they hold guns. But it's because they're weak-minded and they're fearful. 
I remember when Barack Obama was elected in 2008, I had been convinced that that was the end of democracy. I genuinely woke up the next day sad because our, our democracy was going to end because this Manchurian candidate who was, I remember, I remember Hannity talking all the time about how he was bred by Saul Alinsky to take over the economy. None of it happened. It's just fear. They fear change. Liberals are open-minded. Conservatives aren't. Anyway, how are you doing? How are you doing? I am doing much better than I was. Thank you very much. You yeah, sound yeah. a whole lot better. You sound a lot Thank better. Thank you. I like to laugh a little easier now, which is great. There's nothing worse than when you, you can't laugh or speak for, like, more than 30 seconds without coughing and spluttering. So, yes, all good, all good. All good. All right. Yeah. You know, there's, um, there's something um, that you might want to keep an eye on folks, everybody. Mm -hmm. When it comes to seeing or hearing news regarding charges against the January 6th defendants. Mm. No, what that is, mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Oh. No, anyway. Um, <laughs> the, 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 the uh, Oath Keepers, you know, the conservative group who spearheaded and met and had meetings with various other groups about what they were going to do on January 6th, the night before the insurrection occurred. And, of course, Trump called everybody to, the, to Washington on January 6th. He said, we're going to have it. It's going to be wild. Everybody come January 6th. Um, well, there was, you know, many, many, 300-some indictments and convictions regarding uh, the people who were involved in, in trying to uh, uh, overtake our government, tear down our democracy, mm. and, and illegally invade the Capitol building. Um, yeah. But when you have the convictions of the Oath Keepers on, they're convicted of seditious conspiracy, um, and that is like the headline charge, right? That's when all these people get charged, and, you know, conspiracy, and, um, and that got most of yeah. the attention, and for good reason. But when you got those seditious conspiracy convictions of, uh, of, the, of the leaders of the Oath Keepers, I think there are two members who are considered leaders or whatever, uh, you should also know that those two members of the Oath Keepers, as well as all of the other fellow defendants who were charged in that same trial, what, 300-some now, I think, um, they're yeah. also convicted, this is kind of interesting, they're also convicted of a different felony, right? The felony is called obstructing an official proceeding. In other words, they're convicted of a felony charge for preventing Congress or trying to prevent Congress from doing its job that day, which was certifying the presidential election, if we remember mm -hmm. that, that day of January yes. 6th, right? So yes. the actual crime is called obstructing an official proceeding. That's a felony, right? And that charge right. of obstructing an official proceeding that hasn't just been used against these three organized uh, you know, groups like the Oath Keepers, um, uh, I think the three, I, I, I forget, 300 and some different defendants from January 6th have, have also been charged for that specific felony statute, which is obstruction of, of official proceedings. That's actually what they were guilty of, right? Yeah. So um, that specific statute um, uh, is going to be the likely felony charges that could be brought against Donald Trump himself. We keep talking about the countdown to indictment. In other words, Donald Trump, could be brought up on charges of obstruction of an official proceeding. He said, we're going to march down to the Capitol. I'm going to go with you. Of course, he didn't go with him. I'm going to march to the Capitol. He brought all those people there. You know, Pence has to do his job. If you were worth his salt, he would stop this thing. That is trying, attempting to obstruct an official proceeding, trying to prevent Congress from doing their job. And mm. that's why... It's, mem it's worth memorizing that phrase because probably I'm willing to, to bet uh, most people did not know the felony 
the law that, that actually says, what are you, what are you being uh, indicted for? I'm being indicted for the obstruction of official proceeding. That it, it boom, just you know, stop, start right there, right? It's worth keeping yeah. an eye out on that specific felony charge uh, that has been used hundreds of times now, you know, currently uh, to get hundreds of convictions thus far to get the January six defendants. So, right. Interestingly enough, in Washington D.C., federal appeals court, which is a panel of uh, three appeals court judges that started considering whether that specific charge should have centrally been nullified when it comes to January 6th, or whether it should have been allowed to use that charge against January 6th defendants, they actually had a, they appealed that. You, you can't you can't charge these defendants with that. Hmm. Weren't, hmm. weren't they try, weren't weren't they weren't what were they trying to do in the Capitol? That day, hmm, that sad day. Hmm, hmm, hmm. Because at a lower level, at a lower, completely, you know, lower level district court uh, in um, D.C., there's right. one judge. This gets interesting. This gets interesting. There's one judge who was appointed by none other than Donald Trump, who has ruled that the felony charge again, obstruction of an official proceeding, can't be used. Against the January six defendants. <laughs> what? Why? Yeah, what? Yeah, this, I'm, I'm, this is absolutely true. I'm not making this up. This is not a movie script. Yes. Right. So lots of other judges, including judges in that same D.C. district court, have said it's fine to use that charge, and in fact, have overseen trials in which it has been used to secure those convictions. But there's one Trump judge who says it shouldn't be used. A Trump appointed judge. When that Trump appointed judge ruled that way. The Justice Department appealed. And so this past Monday, which was happening during our show, actually a little bit, yeah, somewhere at our show, it was the next highest level of the court, um, the Federal Appeals Court, which heard oral arguments on whether or not that specific felony charge can essentially be abbreviated for the January 6th defendants, and that could have very wide consequences for everybody, right? All the way down right. the line. All, all, you know, we're talking about hundreds of people who invaded the Capitol building, right? Mm. So not only for people who have already been convicted of that charge, but also people who are facing charges. Because, you know, can, can they be charged right. of, of the obstruction of an official proceeding if they invaded our Capitol building they tried to stop Congress from doing their job? Can they be charged for doing that? This one Trump judge said, no, they can't be charged for that. Bye. <laughs> don't understand the logic in that. Right, okay. <laughs> what is going on? I don't understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah unbelievable. So, so um, you know, uh, it's unbelievable. And it, uh, it doesn't stop, it doesn't stop there. It, it doesn't right. stop there. Okay, okay. I, I, I got, I'm, I'm digging up stuff. I'm looking for my notes. Let me just organize this a little better here. Here we go. All right, ready? Okay. I'm ready. In addition, in addition to Congress, there's a, let me back up a little bit. Congressman named Ralph Norman of South Carolina. Where's a, where's a, um, uh, our caller uh, calls in, uh, uh, from the uh, Nile River there. Uh, she's rowing and she's floating around the universe and she's uh, parachuting out of airplanes and she's... Ah, uh, uh, good old Lisa. Yeah, is she in... Uh, um, South Carolina, or North, North Carolina, right? North, North, Carolina. North Carolina. Yeah. Okay. All right. I was going to say I was. I was not. If. If. Okay. So I, this is safe to say then. Okay. So Ralph Norman of South Carolina. Um. You're not going to be this when I tell you. you okay. Ready? I'm he ready. He called. 
he called for martial law calling for the U.S. military to install Trump in power, even after the January 6th happened. Why? There's also a Republican congressman from Tennessee telling the White House chief of staff at the time, Mark Meadows, that Republican legislators should just overrule the vote in their seats and proclaim Trump the winner. So, <laughs> right, then, okay. Yeah, Congressman Mark Green of Tennessee told the White House chief of staff that should happen in various Republican-controlled states because he described a, a, a guest a, a, he described a guest on there, there's a show we've talked about here every once in a while called Newsmax. It's a right-wing extremist uh, news platform from somewhere Fox, right? So this yeah. guy, so this guy, uh, Mark Green um, of Tennessee, uh, saw a guest on Newsmax that said uh, it was legally possible for the president to, de- to declare martial law and, keep, and stay in power. This, I'm gonna, this, and I'll wait till I hone in on this, what I'm getting to. You, you'll see. I'm not, I'm not done. Okay, so um, also, um, there's a North Carolina congressman. Uh, Murphy, was it? Uh, Craig? Not uh, Craig. Uh, Craig um, give me a second. Give me a second. Come on. Greg Murphy. Greg Murphy. Right. Okay, she's North Carolina, all right? Pushing the same right. strategy as Green, uh, cut and pasted from a white wing website that also proclaimed that the president can declare martial law and keep himself in power. So, right. and this is all happening after January 6th. This is happening after, after Pence, you know, and, and this whole thing about certifying elections is a ceremony. It's a ceremony, Right, uh, Biden won the election. You know, if they never met, he'd still be president. It's it's ceremonial. It's a, it's official, whatever you want to call it. Right? It's a ceremony. Right. Biden, Biden. The election was won by Joe Biden by a lot. Right? Both in, in popular right. vote and and, and also an electoral vote. So, um, um, so Ted Budd of North Carolina suggested to White House Chief of Staff at the time, Mark Meadows, that the voting machines are. Are you ready for this? All right. Okay. The voting machines had all been rigged by George Soros. That con- he, that the um, congressman is actually not going back to Congress, but is going back to Congress as a senator. And last month's election in North Carolina, Ted Budd, he's going to be a senator. So he goes and tells Mark Meadows, and again, this is after January 6th, right around January 17th, three days before Biden's inauguration, that the voting machines were rigged by George Soros. <laughs> okay. I'm okay. not done. I'm not done. Okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. There was another white, a uh, right wing favorite. Um, I'm really not too good with names, but I know he's from Arizona. Um, let me look at my card. Who's the right wing guy from Arizona? I made a note here. Okay, got it. Paul. What's it? Paul goes. Yeah, Paul Gosar, Arizona. He. Okay, you ready for this? This guy, sent the white, he said, now, you know, I, keep, I hope you're sitting on the edge of your seat here with all this, okay? He sent <laughs> the White House chief of staff a link to supposed evidence of election rigging. He got the supposed evidence and forwarded the citation to Mark Meadows in the White House. The blog that he got the information from, this is a blog that he got information from and forwarded to the White House chief of staff, all right? Okay. <laughs> he got a, all right, you're <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. You ready for this? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Come on. Ready? All right. The blog <laughs> which a congressman got information from to send to the White House chief of staff to forge the president was called Some Bitch Told Me. 
That is the the name of the blog that he cited to the White House Chief of Staff to justify whatever means were necessary to keep Trump in power. Some bitch told me that's the name of the blog that he (laughs) sent to the White House Chief of Staff to say, so Trump stay in power. Look, look what I dug up from some, from some bitch. No way. Some bitch told me, look what I got. Look what I found. He should become partners with the pillow guy. Oh, I love it. That is so funny. Okay, we're not done. Okay. Ready? Okay. Okay. This is all part of our countdown to indictment. We, we, you know, we, 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 I think we titled this show or somewhere or some shows countdown to indictment. And I want to, I want everybody to know what, what train track we are on here. Okay. Congressman Jim Jordan of Ohio. Jim Jordan is a, is a former way back attorney, wrestling champ in high school. Some of you may have seen him in the congressional hearings. He's just kind of, I think we even played some of his tapes with, uh, when he's questioning, uh, uh, Fauci over uh, some of his uh, uh, policy regarding the COVID. Uh, anyway, that's Jim Jordan. I still have the clip here. Maybe I'll play it later. Okay, so Congressman Jim Jordan uh, of Ohio texted a detailed plan for how Vice President Mike Pence could overturn the election and proclaim Trump to have been reelected when he wasn't. Right? right. Obviously. He didn't win. Right? Trump lost. Okay? So, yeah. Jim Jordan um, is expected to become chairman of the House Judiciary Committee next year when Republicans narrowly take over the Congress majority. All right? So this huh, guy, okay. who's, going, who's going to become the chairman of the House Judiciary Committee, <laughs> sent a detailed plan for how Vice President Pence could overturn the election. <laughs> the American people. And he's going to be head of the House Judiciary Committee. What the wow. fuck? What the oh, fuck? What's going on? <laughs> what the fuck? This, right? is, this, this is like having a storybook. Okay. I, I'm telling you. And, and I've been, you know, you know how you're talking about countdown to indictment for the last month or two, or you know, right? And I'm, you know, behind the scenes, I, I want you to know what I'm, what I'm doing behind the scenes to, to kind of narrow the, the pathway to our countdown to when we think an indictment's going to happen, and which we're going to be announcing right. not this episode, but soon. But I want you to know where, where, where we are headed here. All right? We talked okay. about. Going behind the headlines, reading news stories, going to find out what's going on, where, where, okay? Okay, so um, there's no record of Mark Meadows forever replying to all these messages. And oh, by the way, I don't know if I told you, these are all text messages that were sent to Mark Meadows days before the inauguration of, of Joe Biden, right? Wow. So, these, these, right, so, okay. every, so what essentially happens, January 6th comes and goes. January 20th is when Biden becomes president. So we got all these people that I'm reciting to you that are pulling their hair out, trying to figure out how do we keep Trump in power? My God, the inauguration is a few days away. How do we, how do we stop that from happening? What do we do? Marsh, let's bring in the military. (laughs) 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 And these are people who are reelected, one of which is going to become a senator, one of which is going to become the head of the House Judiciary Committee. That's just going to be running the Congress. I have never heard anything like it. Welcome to America. (laughs) <laughs> well, they pull every card out of the hat. <laughs> now, now, in, all, in all honesty, now let me say this. Mark Meadows was the chief of staff at the time, right, under Donald Trump, um, who did okay. reply to lots of these messages, but in some cases he does reply, and there are also references that suggest that he was communicating with many of these members of Congress separately or on encrypted messaging apps, like the one you and I used to go back and forth on at night when we're... Oh, excuse me, like the one you and I go back and forth on at... <laughs> 
<laughs> and, and, and those would be messages that, as far as we know, uh, the January 6th investigation has not yet obtained any of those. We don't, we don't know anything about them, so I can't really comment. Even though I've, I've tried. I've looked. I've tried. I've tried. I've tried. But stay tuned for, for what we turn up. Um, a congressman of my home state of Pennsylvania, a guy by the name of Scott Perry, exchanged so many texts with Mark Meadows full of bullshit conspiracy theories about Italian... Ready for this? This is absolutely fact. Okay? Stay, stay on the end of your feet here. We're not, we're, we're not done with this yet. <laughs> I'll be on the floor in a minute. Scott <laughs> Perry of Pennsylvania exchanged so many texts with Mark Meadows that were so full of this crap, um, one being an Italian satellite's rigging voting machines. <laughs> I am not making this up, Amanda. I am not making. I'm not make, This is not a a, a storyline for a movie. It could be. I don't think we can make a movie this good. Oh my god! Right, right. We have to ask our our, our friend uh, Kevin Michaels, who produced movies and TV shows, from the musician. We have to give. I have to give him this. I want to tell him about this and see if he wants to make a movie of it. It's. <laughs> Okay, it's, 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 yeah. Italian okay. satellites rigging voting machines and the CIA director being in cahoots with the British government, your government, Amanda, yes, the British right. government, to steal the election for Biden. Why in the world what? would the CIA work with the British government to steal the election for Biden? I'm asking. Oh, my goodness. I mean, come you're on. Over there. You, you're over there. Well, why would the British government steal the election for Joe Biden? Well, as far as I know, we're not huge fans of Trump over here, so I don't understand. <laughs> but they actually, this, this, this guy, Scott Perry, in addition to saying the Italian satellites were rigging voting machines, but also the CIA director was working with your government there in, in the UK to, to steal the election. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh. <laughs> there was so much bullshit. I'm not gonna. I could go on. I can go on. I'm just gonna narrow this down. There was so wow. much bullshit from this guy from my home state of Pennsylvania, Scott Perry, that um, to, uh, you know, Talking Points members ha have a whole separate article dedicated just to Scott Perry's text to and from the mm. White House Chief of Staff. In other words, all these texts are starting to be uncovered now by the January 6th Investigative Committee. Um, there is so many texts from Scott Perry that it, they're isolating to be its own separate thing away from these other things I'm talking about here. It could be a book. Mm. Now, ready I wonder for what one. his uh, theories mm. are behind that, why the, the British government would be helping. I mean, come on. I, I, I want I'm, I'm to look into... Yeah, so would I, and I want to look into that further, and we, you know, we, we join this, the U.S. And, and U.K. uniquely on the show, and it's something yeah. we, we will look into on the show. So yeah. um, the, the congressman, um, he chairs a committee, okay, he chairs a committee called the House Freedom Caucus, which is a powerful group of far-right extremist Republicans whose power is set to grow next year because they're going to dominate the Congress, um, even though it's a razor-thin House majority. Yeah. But it, right. but it also will be the entity that determines who gets to be the next Republican Speaker of the House, which is a different matter because uh, Kevin McCarthy is uh, is not is you know is in contention for that post, and it's not going so so smoothly for him. We'll see what happens there. Um, huh. But you know, so many of the text messages that have been reported and they're finally gathering, um, they've been coming in like you know drips and drabs. But the difference uh, is that we now know. This is what's been on Earth. Mm. We now know, hey, yeah. we can see all these text messages together, but also these guys are going to be in charge of the U.S. Congress, in charge of the U.S. House in just a few weeks, folks, right? 
or a month, whatever it is, right? So, which means, among other things, um, yeah, that you know, it's going to be uh, unbelievable. So, the people I'm just talking wow. about here are going to be a majority of of the house by razor yeah. thin, and and what that means, razor thin. It's important that we know that because any time in history where the majority was so thin, whether it go yeah. Democrat or Republican, um, it, it, we we got very few things passed because of you know right. it's, it's just a few people, it's a few it's a few seats. That's all it is. But it's it uh, we have a, a a a good majority in the Senate, and I think that'll um, that'll make a difference. So. Um, okay. As I said, this was January, I think, you know, 17th uh, of, um, of last year. So these text messages are going by, you know, the, the inauguration is the 20th, right? That's when Biden took office. But just to get your head around what was going on so soon, so post-inauguration, just three days before, Joe Biden was set to be uh, and become the next president of the United States, which is January 20th, right? Crazy. So 11 yeah. days before ja- January um so what's that, 12, let me see, uh, 20, 17th, 11, 12, 11 days. Yeah. Like math. 11 days before January 17th or January 6th, when the pro-Trump mob stormed into Congress and tried to prevent Congress from certifying Joe Biden's election as the new president. Um, so, yeah. so on that day, January 17th, um, it was already a week and a half since January 6th, right? right? And three days until the inauguration. So on that date... Um, here's a text message. Let me pull it out here. Wait, here's a text message that was sent to Donald Trump's White House Chief of Staff again, Mark Meadows. It says, and I'm going to quote, this is the text message, right? Mark. Yeah. Mark. Inst- not twice, Mark, once. Okay, Mark. This is what I have to say. In seeing what's happening so quickly and reading about the Dominion lawsuits, attempting to stop any meaningful investigation, we're at a point of no return. <laughs> In saving our republic, exclamation point, and, and exclamation point, you know, was in all caps. In other words, exclamation point, all caps. Um, oh, my. Again, this is part of the quote. <laughs> Last hope is invoking martial law. Please urge the president to do so. So, <laughs> and, so three days before Joe Biden's inauguration, White House of Chief of Staff Mark Meadows is getting this test message urging the president, President Trump, to invoke martial law. Spells, ready for this? Just have wow. a text. I want to spell martial okay. law for you, okay? Oh. Martial, okay. martial law, M A R S. Martial law is spelled M A R S H A L L, as in the department store. As, as, what? as, as like, yeah, as, as like the person uh, spelled uh, sending this uh, law thinks there's a Marshall's law, like maybe a, a Macy's law or Ross Jester Less law, maybe a TJ Maxx law or Best Buy law. Your Best Buy law that could be invoked as well. Wow. So what okay. what he means is Marshall law, which is which is M A R T I A L. Um, he wanted him to suspend the Constitution and put the military in charge to rule by force. He yeah, said last, I've heard last, a lot of stories about things like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, we talked about it on the show. He said, our last hope is invoking martial law. Please urge the president to do so. Again, three days before Biden becomes president, calls out the troops to use military forces, weapons of war against American people in order to stop the inauguration of a new president. And instead, wow. 
Yeah. This is, this is crazy, a crazy mess. Yeah, this 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 all happened. This is um ap- this is actually happened. I'm not making this stuff up. So this is a message not sent by White House chief of staff. It's a message sent to him, right? So, you know, I bet that what you can easily say about the White House chief of staff uh, gets all kinds of weird spam text messages from overeager Trump supporters and right wing extremists and you know the whole deal there, right? I mean, whoever sent this doesn't even know how to spell martial law, right? So, how serious could it be? <laughs> <laughs> he, he wants he wants the department store to come in and take over the, the presidency. Okay, now, but this oh this test me- the, the message though was not from some random guy who just guessed the phone number of the White House chief of staff. This text message was sent from a sitting member of the United States Republican Congress, Congressman Ralph Norman of South Carolina, on January seventeenth of last year, three days before Biden's inauguration. Congressman Ralph Norman was texting Trump's White House chief of staff urging President Trump to call out the U.S. military to use military force against civilians in order to keep Trump in power. Wow. Congressman Norman, he's a sitting member of Congress when he sent that message, and he still still is going to be. He still is today. I'm so confused. He was re-elected. Yeah. He was re-elected by a lot, this guy. He wants Marshall I'm, I'm Department sure. Store Law. Uh-huh. He was reelected by two to one margin. Mm-hmm. All, all of this on Trump's behalf is mm-hmm. just phenomenal. I have never known such things. Yep. That, so right, it's unreal. I mean, knowing this is what Ralph Norman, reelected by two to one margin, is going to be back in Congress, was advocating for the White House, right? Suspend the Constitution. Mm-hmm. Suspend the Constitution to take power by force, put troops in the streets, knowing he was advocating that this is one thing, knowing that he and his party are going back to Congress as a new majority party there for the next year. Well, I mean, it's actually quite an insult if you think about it. So yeah. people, okay? So the people who legitimately voted to not have Trump in power, it's a major slap in the face for the American people to say, you're not trusted. Um, and, you know, you made the wrong decision. Because ultimately, mm-hmm. all of that reflects that. By saying it's a rig, it's just them covering their own asses to say, well, mm-hmm. hey, you know, this man should be in power. Um, you didn't vote wrong, but truly you did because, yeah. you know. Uh, I, I mean, it's just, yeah, okay. All right. <laughs> this is, this is, you know what, this is something different. I'll tell you why this, this feels like something different. Okay. Right? They, they're a minority party, Republicans, today. Come January, when the new Congress takes, takes hold, what are they going to do with their power when they really have it? When you've got people thinking the Italians, the Italian satellites were rigging voting machines, that the CIA was in cahoots with the, cahoots with the Brit- British, that uh, Jewish lasers from space were firing on uh, people, whatever it is. Um, you've got, you know, this, this is... These people are going to be the majority rule in the United States Congress. Hmm. What the fuck? I think we're li- <laughs> I've got to be honest. I think we're living in very frightening times. When you think yeah. about everything that's that's been stirring up these past six years, if not more, um, in every every country, even not just mm-hmm. your country and mine, Andy. I mean, yeah, it's actually frightening. It's frightening. Yeah. Uh, to think how things are twisting around and, and being manipulated and um, 
I, I mentioned the word chaos so many times on the show because we are, we're living in chaos. It's like right now in this country, there's just there's so much of it. Like, do you know what I feel sorry for right now in the UK is um, our nurses are going on strike. You remember I told you that, um, so we've had the, um, what, what we have over here is the Royal Mail. It's called the Royal Mail, which is a um, delivery, you know, of your, of your mail, your letters yeah. and things like that and parcels and whatever. So they've been going on strike for various reasons. And then we had the uh, the rail strike as well. Mm-hmm. And now we have uh, nurses going on strike. But they have a very, very legitimate reason. And they've been under a lot of strain since this whole COVID thing. I mean, this has been an ongoing issue for many years now, where nurses are so underpaid and overworked. And, you know, they're, they're trying to fulfill a forever expanding NHS system and they're, they're, they're just not getting the right amount of money for, for all the effort, you know, the blood, sweat and tears that they, they put into their work. And so they're actually at this point now where it's like breaking point for them. We've got too many patients, not enough nurses being um, hired um, to care for everybody. Um, people's health is, is going down the pan because they can't provide the right health care um, as, as soon as it's needed. And so, rightly so, they, they've gone on strike. But, of course, then that has a, a bitter taste for the, the, the UK public because we're all like, okay, so what's going to happen to our appointments now and our treatments and, and all that kind of thing? So what they're doing is, they by law, they have to still provide critical care for, like, uh, babies and surgery that needs doing. Um, that's a life-or-death situation. And I think things to do like cancer and stuff like that. However, other things you, that you've been on a, a waiting list for, maybe, um, it's going to be even more delayed. That's not so mm-hmm. serious. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's going to be a lot of angry people right now at these nurses going on the strike. But mm-hmm. they're at the point where they don't know what to do because they can't cope with the amount of hours that they've got to put in. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, it, it's difficult, and they keep approaching the government about, please give us a pay raise to at least help with the situation. If you're not going to hire more nurses, you know, we we, we deserve that. Um, so it's it's a kind of bittersweet taste at the moment, and, and that side of things. So it's going to be um, interesting to see where all this goes with how this is going to play out now and how much is going to be held back because mm. of this um, over the next, week or so or even in forever i don't know how long this is going to go on for um but yeah it, it's like i said since we've come out of brexit and by this covid thing it's we were the uk is in absolute chaos and i've never seen oh, so many prime ministers step down or you yeah, know it's unreal isn't it? government yeah 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 so it's what like, is what you is know? what is life like? I mean, every day you go out in the street and conduct your life. But what's the what's the feel? What's the uh, you know what are you feeling from other fellow Brits? And what do you, what what is the um, you know is there is people walking around going, oh my God, what's what are we doing? Or, or is there too much? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I, actually, I would love to practice being a mind reader because I think that'd be very helpful right now because we don't actually um, talk much about it unless it's like each other like um if you're sitting in a queue or something and um you're chatting with somebody or you mm-hmm. know you used to strike up a conversation with somebody sometimes but um in all honesty the uh, i don't know what the the general public's idea of things are i if 
if we go on my my opinion, I'm sure there's many people that feel the way I do. I have family members who feel the way I do. Um, so I, I think it's safe to say that right now, the UK people, whether they express it enough or not, are really disappointed with government and everything we've been through. Um, you know, it, it's um, we're lacking the, the, the same trust that we had a couple of years ago or a few years ago. Um, with you know, I mean, it's not surprising, is it, with all this stuff going on? I mean, you know, mm-hmm. we 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 we're, we're told we're being looked after, and we we you know we got our best interests in their hearts. But I don't, I don't necessarily think that um, all of that is true. Um, it's 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 so easy to preach it. Oh, let's help the these people. Let's let's change this. Let's do that. And although their intentions may be very sincere at the time. To actually see those things through is a very rare thing. And I think when Boris Johnson stepped into his role and he made all these promises, I got to hand it to the guy. He, he pretty much saw through a lot of the things he, he promoted, which was the first for a mm. long time that I've seen of any prime minister, whether we liked it or not. You know, he, he said, this is what I'm going to do. And he, he pretty much saw through so many things. And I find that quite impressive. Um, I never truly got completely on board with the guy um, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. there was some things that just didn't sit well with me. Um, but I'm like you, Andy. You know, I don't actually necessarily stick to one party my entire yeah. life yeah. because they're not going to give everything that you need as an individual or as a society. So, you know, I've jumped from party to party depending on what, um, they, they they put across what they what they kind of promise what's going to benefit us as a as a, um, a society a country whatever and you know so yeah my 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 views and and voting has changed over the years for sure but um, to have these battles on who's better than the other is ridiculous what they should be focusing on is what these guys can provide for us at that time what our country needs what we need personally you know. Um, yes. Instead of defending yeah. one side all the way, for what purpose? Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. What's you, you, and what's what's going on here to a point? You don't hear m- as much about it now as you did. Maybe since the January sixth committee came out with so much evidence and testimony about what happened on January sixth. Um, yeah. Is that many many people here, as you know, have uh, thought that this whole thing about Trump in January, you know, investigating the people involved in January 6th and the raid on Mar-a-Lago was all politically motivated, um, which it wasn't. It was motivated by by law, which is what we are a country of here in the United States. Uh, and it's, it, it, you know, and it, you know, it's, it's supposed to be, you know, the law is the law, no matter what one's position is, no matter what they do, you know, it doesn't matter. And when when there's enough evidence, uh, somebody suspected uh, of, or a group or a company or, or an entity of violated laws, then they, it needs to be handled as, as, as presented. So, if, you know, in, in, our, in our Constitution, we are a country of laws. And, yeah. and the, this thing about, uh, you know, uh, Going after Trump is not a political motivation. This guy is a liar. He's a cheat. He's a scam artist. He's a grifter. And it's 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 there's so much evidence of of his criminal behavior as in business and in the White House when he was president. And to sit by and just say no, everything he did was fine. This is all it's all witch hunt. 
is is ludicrous. It's it's wrong. Well, for, yeah, exactly. For what purpose would it be a witch hunt? Why would we all just yeah. sit here and say, okay, he's a bad man. Let's decide just to pick on him because he's Trump. Yeah, you know. Yeah, there has to be a legitimate reason that we we feel strongly as a as a people or a collective mm-hmm. who have these strong feelings towards him that you know he's he's doing something wrong in their eyes to um to bring this all about mm-hmm. um nobody just forms that opinion out of nowhere either you know he, he he's upset a lot of people and um basically harmed a lot of people from a lot of the carelessness that he's expressed casually whilst being mm-hmm. in power. Like this, the, I mean, it sticks out in my mind all the time with the COVID thing, telling people to drink yeah. bleach. That made oh my God. Yeah. But what, yeah. what president yeah. stands up there and jokes about something so, as serious as that? Yeah, and he, but when he said it, he wasn't joking. You know, he, later he had a backpedal, right? When he said it, he said, right. and, and, I, and I heard, I heard blacklight. I heard blacklight, blacklight is a, can destroy this thing. And, uh, and, and bleed, and Lysol. Yeah, and Jack, Jack Lysol, unbelievable. Um, yeah. but yeah, this goes to show the stupidity of, of somebody that we put in the White House. There's a, uh, uh, guy by the name of Glenn Kirshner. He's a former prosecutor who's been, uh, very closely involved in the, in tracking on a daily basis what's going on on the week from a legal standpoint. And of course, he's got the expertise to do so, um, about the Trump, potential Trump indictment here. And I'm going to play a clip if I can find it. You know me. Da-na-na-na. Watch me play the bells again. Um, <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> this is, um, I think I got it right. Let's see. Here's Glenn Kirshner. Uh, again, you know, coming back to our countdown uh, to the indictment of Donald Trump. Glenn Kirshner here with more Trump troubles. Yesterday was not a good day in court for Donald Trump. The very special master that he picked, Judge Raymond Deary, said to Trump's criminal defense attorneys, I need you to tell me something. If you want me to do the review that Donald Trump has demanded I do, you need to tell me precisely what documents, if any, Donald Trump declassified. You know what Donald Trump's attorneys told Judge Deary? We're not telling you. Because that would make it more difficult for us to defend our client when he's indicted. You know what, friends? This may be the first time I ever agree with anything one of Donald Trump's criminal defense attorneys said. And that is that Donald Trump will be indicted. And so begins our countdown to indictment. Yeah. So it begins our countdown to a day. Yeah. It's going to happen. Yeah. I wonder, I wonder if they're going to lead him away in handcuffs from Mar-a-Lago. Wouldn't that be something? That they, I think they'll give him respect. I, I don't think they'll do that. But I it was such a shame because Trump had such a, a way of being able to see things through mm-hmm. that, you know, I think he could have done so many other wonderful things for for the country. He did some good. He didn't do all bad. But I mean, mm-hmm. he just had that power and influence to be able to, to work some magic. And yeah, it's, it's, it's quite disappointing with how that all turned out. It is. Um, it is. Are we truly yeah. down to about a minute and a half? Oh my God, Amanda, this hour went by. What, what fun. What fun. I know. What fun. I know. Not, not, it's not as silly and raunchy as we usually get, but I just, you know, we, we, we got to begin our, you know, we're waiting to do this, you know, countdown to indictment, just start, starting the clock, so to speak, um, when this is all yeah. going to happen, and we're going to be closely monitoring it and, uh, you know, keeping our eyes on Sometimes top of this thing. Sometimes it goes that way. Yeah. 
Sometimes there's you feel a, that way with show. You know, there's a singer-songwriter, which many of us know. We all knew the, the band, um, not the Beatles. We all know the band. Clark Beatles and Nash, right? Yes. Yeah. Right? Sweet Judy Blue Eyes and so forth. Clark Beatles, Nash and Young, Neil Young. Stephen Stills happens to be a, just as an artist himself. And he's got an amazing background what he did even before Clark Beatles and Nash. He is an incredible guitar player. And a, and a very, very talented singer-songwriter wrote a lot of the tunes that made Clark Bissell's and Nash famous. They will never be playing again together, by the way. They will, will never see them play together. Uh, Graham Nash and, Steve, and, uh, and um, David Crosby had this falling out that uh, I'm not going to get into that now. But anyway, we will, we will in all likelihood, never see Clark Bissell's and Nash tour together again or play live together again. Aww. Yeah, I know. I know. But anyway, isn't that something... But, um, so, anyway, Stephen Stills, if I can find Stephen Stills in here, look up Stephen Stills, bum, 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 um, anyway, my point being, I was going to try to, um, to play a Stephen Stills tune here to finish our show out with, but I can't find one, gotta be one here somewhere. Oh, no. I thought it'd be, you know, <laughs> just because... I'll get to it. Well, maybe remind me Friday's show. I can't, yeah, you know, do you know we're, we're within 10 days of Christmas? Oh, no. You and know, I've birthday, not even finished Christmas shopping. I haven't done a thing. I haven't put a tree up. Nothing here. Nothing. Zero. What? We've done zero. Nothing. <laughs> nothing here at oh, all. Oh, my goodness. I remember last year, your Christmas tree situation. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. my gosh. <laughs> yeah, man, oh man, oh man. Um, yeah, I think like last year was like last minute, right? I think you it remember. was. It really was last yeah. minute. Yeah. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> yeah, and it looks like this year's in in going to be right up there. I just have not paid attention to. It. I mean, there's things people have lights and you know all that up. I just have not done a darn thing. Nothing. Aww, it's okay. Yeah, it haven't you that much? It, do, it um, doesn't, but I, but, I, but I like to, I like to, you know, I like to take part in, in um, you know, in the holidays and, and feel, the, and feel yeah. the mood and the festivities and all that. Anyway, yeah. we got to roll. Our next show yeah. will be Friday at 6 p.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time here on the Andy Mander Show. Hope you guys enjoyed what we're doing. Mandy, why don't you take us home? I did find that Stephen uh, Stills clip. It's called Treetop Flyer. It's uh, a recording of Stephen Stills playing live. Um, and um, and you just take a listen to his guitar work in this song here doing this tune. Uh, it's really good. Live live performance of Stephen Stills. And I figured that would be kind of cool to, to end the show with, although we probably should be playing Christmas music, but let, let, other, let other shows do that. All right, Amanda, get us out of here, <laughs> then we'll hear from Stephen Stills. Thank you so much for chiming in, folks. Okay, so on behalf of my amazing co-host, Andy Kimball in California, Hollywood, myself, Amanda Love, here in the U.K., Thank you, more importantly, to you, the listeners, for supporting us and joining our show each episode and maybe dipping in every time you fancy it. It doesn't matter to us. You're, you're awesome. We appreciate it anyway. <laughs> uh, join us again on Friday and uh, for some more banter and laughter and whatever comes our way. You never know. Um, so have a good week, and we'll see you then. Enjoy this.
Veterans Day recently. And it got me thinking about uh, that uh, about uh, veterans and our particular generation of them. Turns out there's a very hot, uh, there's a whole lot of very highly trained young fellas that came back from that war that didn't couldn't find no work for what they learned how to do. So they had to invent a cottage industry because what they could do was fly right next to trees and into very dangerous situations. And there's not much call for it at United Airlines, if you know what I'm saying. So by popular demand was invented the treetop flyer. I never file I don't do business That don't make me smile And I love my aeroplane Cause she got style I'm a treetop fly Especially when I land I'm a treetop fly
smuggling man and I could get shot I ain't going to die I ain't going to get caught Cause I'm a, a flying fool In an aeroplane I'm hot, I'm a treetop fly Lawyers, that's not, not advocating breaking the law. I'm just telling the story. Now. <laughs>